You're listening to the Diary Discoveries podcast brought to you by Sally'sDiaries.com. Now here's your hosts, Sally Ivey and Jeff Richards. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes, Merry Christmas. Actually, I sounded like Tiny Tim on that one. Did you? Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) We really mean that. And in the last episode, if you were able to hear it, we promised a good Christmas story, and I really believe we're going to deliver one. I hope so. Mm -hmm. I think so. I do, too. In all the times that I tell everybody, you know, what I have in my collection when they ask, I always mention this group. And it's a standout for me, but for everyone I tell the story to. So we're really excited to tell you the story here. Well, and it is potentially very historical as far as when a tradition started. Mm -hmm. It could have been done in other places, but this may have been the first. Mm -hmm. And so now everybody does it. And so um, I think it's going to be fun to talk about this. I do too. And it really shows a father's love for his son. Oh, it's when I, well, let me tell you a little bit about the group. I don't want to say too much. Yeah, we're going to lead you in here a little. Right. Uh, Of course, all of you know, when I get a group, I don't know anything about the story of most of the authors. So this is, I'd say, about four or five photo albums, a thick scrapbook, from the early 1900s into the 1940s or 50s. They were purchased by my daughter, actually. She lives in Denver, Colorado, and she found some items and knew I collected ephemera and diaries and stuff. And she says, hey, mom, I've got some stuff for you. All I knew was the names that were written in this group. But when I started researching it, I was blown away. I truly was by the story that I came up with. Yeah, and it's not just the story you came up with. This story has been written up and is known by many people in Denver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. When I started yeah. looking, searching the web, the articles that are on the web about this are everywhere. Yeah, so we're not making it up and we're not uh, speculating. And also, we have to point out that there's no artificial intelligence going on in here. <laughs> Probably you've been able to tell that That's, already I, by what we write and what we say. And there never will be. Yes, there never will be. We promise you. So this is real human beings mm-hmm. talking about other real human beings. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, I'm excited about this. Should we just start getting Let's into get it? Let's get into it. All right. I think the first way to start is to tell you a little bit about the family itself. And so I'm going to do a little bit of genealogy with them because that's the that's very important. The entire group belonged to David Dwight Sturgeon, and he was born in 1877 in Newark, Ohio. At one point, he moved to Denver, Colorado, and I think at the 1900 census is where I found the family living in Denver. In 1903... He married Hester Blanche Grable. And then in 1904, a year later, they had their first daughter, whose name was Ruth. 1908, in May of 1908, their son David Jonathan was born. But three days later, 
Hester Blanche, his wife died. So I'm assuming it doesn't say I didn't find her a death certificate. So I'm assuming it was because of the childbirth Mm -hmm. that she died. So a year later, he marries Edith Bell Thomas. And that was in 1909. Then in 1912, he founded the Sturgeon Electric Company. Okay, so we're in 1912. The company's been founded. And I'll also say that in 1913, they had their daughter, Edith. So the family now has three children, Mm -hmm. and the company is growing and flourishing. We found an article that said that Mr. Sturgeon was an active member of the Denver community and was instrumental in the development of the industry, downtown Denver, and in the growth of the city. So he's got this company going. Things are going good. And uh, we're going to jump ahead a little bit and tie into our episode last about World War II. During the war, his company was working on a number of military projects, and they were always on the leading edge. They received three Army, Navy, E-banners, which were certificates and awards for excellence and proficiency. And this article said that less than 4% of U.S. companies received even a single e-banner during this time. That's amazing. Less than 4%. Yeah. And they received three. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty spectacular. So obviously, competence and the company was, you know, being Mm well-managed and run. Uh, Very interesting. And we have one. Yes. And that's the other thing is we were looking through the scrapbook again the other day, and this caught our eye. We had missed it before. I said, hey, isn't that the award right there, one of those e-banners? And sure enough, it was a card with all of the signatures and proclamation, the award for excellence. Mm -hmm. And there it is. And so we're going to put that on diarydiscoveries.com so you can see what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's amazing when you just go through something real quick. After knowing the story, everything just pulls together. Right. It looks Mm -hmm. like, you know, a large greeting card kind of thing. And so it was pretty easy to skip over it. But then... Taking a closer look, it's like, hey, there it is. So So you're going to be able to see that. Yeah, that was cool. So there's a little history on this electric company, which plays a huge part into what we're going to tell you next. So we're going to go back now to 1914. So it's Christmas Eve in Denver, Colorado, I can imagine a lot of snow outside. Mm-hmm. Mile High City. Yep. And carriages going by the Sturgeon home with maybe sleigh bells on them, maybe early automobiles, beautiful lighting inside. You know, he was a electrical contractor, owned his electric company, and three precious small children, Ruth, who's 10, David, who's six, and Edith, who's one. And so you have this wonderful time as far as Christmas Eve with the Sturgeon family. And then we started reading some articles that told a bit of a different story. Yeah. And it had to do with little David. So he was upstairs. He was bedridden with illness. And we don't know what. We we couldn't find out what he had. But he wasn't able to be downstairs with the family to be around their tree or their decorations. So his dad comes up with an idea to cheer his son up. A brilliant idea. Yeah. As we mentioned earlier, 
We found several sources regarding this story, but this one was in Denver Westward, written by Patricia Calhoun, November 23rd, 2023, so just last month. On Christmas Eve, 1914, 10-year-old David Jonathan Sturgeon was in bed at his home at 4408 West 34th Avenue in Denver, too sick to go downstairs and join his family around the Christmas tree. David Dwight, D.D. Sturgeon, a pioneering Denver electrician, decided to cheer up his son, so he dipped light bulbs in red and green paint, connected them to electrical wire, and hung them in a pine tree outside David's window, brightening his holiday and inspiring people from miles away to come marvel at the sight of the illuminated tree. Although there had been a few earlier outdoor decorating attempts around the country, they dimmed compared to the glowing reports provided by Denver Post reporter Pinky Wayne, and enthusiastic city boosters of a century ago were soon touting this as the first illuminated outdoor Christmas tree. The next year, Sturgeon neighbors decorated their trees too, and the tradition lived on. Denver was soon in the spotlight of a national craze, D.D. Sturgeon was dubbed the father of Yule Lighting. Wayne organized the country's first outdoor lighting contest in Denver in 1918, attracting hundreds of contestants. Wayne's efforts inspired manufacturers to come up with affordable products that would work indoors and outdoors, regardless of the weather, and as a result, electric billboards across the country began to flash with colored globes, giving rise to flashing neon signs. So this really started something. How amazing. Yes, it really did. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the article goes on a little bit to kind of read a little bit more. Uh, By 1919, the official city electrician, John Malpid, had caught the fever and replaced the lights in the Denver Civic Center with colored globes of red and green for the holidays. The next year, he put an illuminated Christmas tree in front of the state capitol. After that, he kept scavenging for items and buildings to add to his holiday display. In 1926, Mayor Ben Stapleton gave him the okay and $400 to illuminate the front of City Hall. And by the late 1920s, Denver had become known as the Christmas capital of the world. Malpid's annual creations became even more ambitious as Denver built the neoclassical city and county building in the 30s. And the display grew to include 17 miles of electrical wiring and 25,000 bulbs. In 1945, NBC broadcast a tribute to Denver and the Sturgeon family for having created a beautiful holiday tradition. And that's just one article. There are so many wonderful articles about this. That's why when I started researching this, I got so excited because it's so historical. The one thing we want to point out first is that this article mentioned that little David was 10. Yeah. And some of the articles mentioned he was 14. Mm-hmm. One article said he was four. And another article said it was his grandson. Yes. I have to tell you, Sally is a great detective, and she doesn't let go of things until she finds out the answer. So pretty soon she says, well, hey, I just found an article that talks about when he was born, and it was 1908. Mm-hmm. So young David was six. And it was an original newspaper article. So I trusted that. And you found that information somewhere else as well. Mm -hmm. So confirmed that he was born in 1908. So folks, you're hearing it here first (laughs) on the Diary Discoveries podcast that young David was six, not 14, 10. Which makes a big difference. (laughs) Not that any of them 
are easy to, to handle, but a six-year-old child. Yeah. You can oh. just see the little guy up there. Yeah. Boy, I wonder what he thought looking out the window and when seeing those, those lights. When those lights went on for the oh. first time. Yeah. Oh. oh. Pretty cool. Yeah. So there's that. But here's another cool thing that the web brought. I found the house. It's still up. Somebody's living in it, and the tree outside is still there. So we're going to post a picture of the house on diarydiscoveries.com. I also found a 1920s photo of the Civic Center that the article talked about with Christmas lights. We'll post that, and then also the county courthouse, which they still light up. It's absolutely beautiful. So there'll be kind of like a now and then photo of those two things. Right. And I guess this is a good time to also mention that wherever you're listening from all over the world, Mm -hmm. there's probably a Christmas holiday lighting display somewhere near you now, because it's huge. And they talked about 25,000 lights. Well, I saw one that advertised over a million lights lit up. And I think that was at the garden in Oregon. So these holiday lights, Christmas lighting festivals and displays have become huge. Mm -hmm. On diarydiscoveries.com, we are going to include a link that show some of the best holiday displays in the world and then some of the best displays in the United States. And there's two in Washington State. And wouldn't you know, one of them is Leavenworth, Washington. Very close to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you uh, know about the little Bavarian village, Leavenworth, they do lighting ceremonies and the town becomes completely <sighs> packed with people. And it's pretty cool and it's pretty neat. Talk so, about magical. We've been there several times with our family. Yeah. Anyhow, so what else did we want to say about that article? Well, Thank I you. wanted to mention my grandchildren because... A couple days ago, I took them out Christmas shopping, and I shared a little bit about this story with them, and I kept pointing out lights that are on the outside of buildings, that are on trees, that are on homes, and I said, just think, Grandma has the original photos and scrapbooks that belong to the family who very well could be responsible for what you are experiencing and enjoying right now because of a six-year-old little boy whose father wanted to bring joy to him at Christmas. That is a Christmas story. Well, and you think about what he started. Like we said earlier, all over the world, there are displays of lights, some that are so spectacular, you have to buy tickets to go see it. Right. Or drive through with your car. And my memories as a child were sitting in the car with my grandpa and our whole family, and we would go look at the outdoor lights in the different neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't forget about the movie Christmas Vacation, where Chevy Chase is going to have the, or Clark Griswold is going to have the most spectacular lighting display. And when they finally get it turned on, of course, he, he was frustrated and they wouldn't turn on and he karate chopped all the antlers on the plastic deer. Yeah. (laughs) And then he makes that big gesture and the sparks and the thing lights up and then... Uh, the power meter goes crazy and the uh, nuclear energy has to be turned on for the city because it was blacking it out. It was, it's a funny scene. And he uh, standing there with his dad crying, you taught me everything I know about exterior illumination. <laughs> so. 
And thanks to David Sturgeon, we have that show. Yeah. Well, it was all done for his son, the love of a father to cheer up his son. And now it is what it is. We have it all over. So... Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, get out there in your uh, four-wheeled sleigh and get some hot chocolate and drive around and And see the lights. And share the story as you're looking at the lights with your family or your children, maybe. There you go. Yeah. So that's it for now. And we'll be back in the year of 2024 with some more stories because we've got a lot of them. And I want to say some of those stories are going to be the ones that you guys have emailed us because we do want to share some of those incredible stories. Yeah. Thank you again for writing in. Again, if you would like to write to us, it's diarydiscoveries at gmail.com and check out the website, diarydiscoveries.com. That's going to have the photos and all of our other episodes. And we thank you for listening very much. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.